This is the People Make Things podcast, a look behind the scenes at the modern world of entertainment. I'm your host, Christopher Natsume. The internet knows me better as Nine Squirrels. All right, and we are back with Pablo Bayran. He is from Makati City in the Philippines. He's the president of Cosplay PH and one of the organizers of Cosplay Mania, Cosplay Carnival, Cosplay Craze, Anime and Cosplay Expo, and Cosplay Matsuri. He's also a fabricator at the Happy Heroes for Hire. Um, lately, he's been involved in Cosplay Mania event series, which are year-round cosplay-centric events. And most recently, he will be uh, holding the Cosplay Carnival this weekend, March 25th and 26th, at the SMX Convention Center Manila at the Mall of Asia Complex in Pasay City. How you doing, Pablo? Hi, I'm doing great. Uh, it's great here in the Philippines. It's a little hot on the hot side, but otherwise doing great. It's always a little hot in the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been there and thought, well, this is pleasantly cool. That's never happened. Well, so, there are times of year where it's actually not that bad, but these days it's really sweltering. It's really, it's probably in the 40s right now, 40 degrees. So yeah. it's really hot. So I want to jump right into it, and and I want to start with just like the biggest, boldest question, like why? Cosplay. I mean, just pretend I don't know anything about cosplay. And the, the honest fact is, I really don't know a lot about it. But I really want to understand. I just got back from PAX. I just got back from seeing all these people who are really involved in cosplay. And I, I just want to kind of get into the heads of why. What, what's the point of all this? Okay. I think cosplay is uh, something that's a little bit misunderstood by a lot of people. Um, for us, for cosplayers, it's a way of really showing your fandom you know, for a certain series or a certain anime, or it could be even be a video game, you know. It's your way of really showing your ultimate form of uh, having great, um, like a connection with the subject material. It's also a way to show your passion for, for said material or said fandom. And it's also a way for you to really show how much joy and uh, enjoyment the, the subject matter or the fandom brings to you. So it's it's really important to us because it's your ultimate way of showing how much you love, um, you know, the series, the anime series, whether it's an anime series, a video game, a movie, or something that you really love. So so it's it's less about the cost being in a costume itself and more about sort of an expression of I really love this thing, whatever that thing is, a comic book or a movie or a video game. I think it's it's something like that. Like for instance, if you really love a video game or you really love a movie or whatnot, you, you tend to like wear T-shirts or wear something that really shows you know like shows off that I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of this. Now, uh, taking it a step further, when you're actually you know you have the costume on and you're in character and you're acting as if you're that character, then you're showing off to the world that you know I'm I'm the biggest fan that you could possibly have for this you know for the series or whatnot you know so it's it's something that it's something that's deeply personal and at the same time it's a way of expressing yourself in a way that you know people just having a t-shirt or something they don't go with that extra step that extra it's like mile. the uber t-shirt it's the, yes. the uber support yes it, it's like the it's like the ultimate like uh you know like over 9,000 
of so, going for it. So who are these people? I mean, where do they come from? I mean, when you when you who cosplays? You'd be surprised at actually who cosplays, because I found uh, throughout you know I've been cosplaying now for what um, over 15 years since oh, wow. 2002. Yeah. Mm. So during that time, I've met people who are uh, teachers, politicians, uh, actors, actresses. Um, do, do, do you know? Everyday people like uh, you know the the security guard, um, the police officer, you know people you don't expect to be in that kind of uh, realm, but it's it's like being a superhero yourself. All right, you know, so so all right, doctors, teachers, actors, the the security guard, um, how do they? How do they get started? Where where does it begin for for I mean if you're a security guard working at Mall of Asia and you're just like the biggest Iron Man fan in the world, like it's a pretty big step to be like I'm going to go build myself an Iron Man outfit and dress around and then walk around it. Like how do they how do they get started into this world? Usually um they start attending the conventions. Okay. And uh you know then they enjoy seeing all the other people, you know, uh in costume and having fun and uh, doing skits and having photo shoots, you know, uh, having their photos all over the place. And then it starts um, it starts getting intriguing because they go like, well, how would it feel if I were the one in costume and other people were taking photos of me and paying attention to me? So in a way, it, it's, it starts with that um, kind of uh, um, that kind of question, you know, questioning yourself and asking uh, how how you know getting curious about it and then is, is there the not a, a a level of self consciousness that goes with it I mean I I'm I'm a relatively confident guy but for me you know I'm a, I'm trying to, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan right yeah so for me to put myself in a an Aragorn costume and walk around and 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 especially and I think this is the thing that that surprises me most about the cosplayers is not just to be in an Aragorn costume but to walk around and behave like Aragorn. I would be very self-conscious to do that thing. How does a security guard from Mall of Asia get to a place where he can do that? Well, the first thing is there's a certain level of anonymity when you're mm -hmm. cosplaying. Uh, a lot of characters actually have masks or helmets or something. I started with you know a full-on um, like an aliens. If you remember the aliens movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know the alien hunter that 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 uh, black scary thing yeah yeah i was you know that was that was my first costume and mm -hmm. I, I had no issues whatsoever you know acting like the character chasing people around and whatnot it was a lot of fun because people didn't know who i was oh uh, okay okay so the the mask almost gives you a, an anonymous behavior yeah free get out of jail free card yeah it's a get out get out of jail free card uh, nobody knows who you are in fact, I've had, you know, the teachers and actors say, don't tell them who I am. <laughs> Please don't tell anybody. And you'd be surprised. Like, uh, uh, even in the U.S., I think uh, that guy from Mythbusters goes around in costume, you know, in a convention. Nobody knows who he is. So I think that's part of – that's also part of the, the fun of it because they don't know who you really are. They yeah, I, I saw that interview. I think he was dressed up as uh, as uh, No Face from uh, Spirited Away. I think yes, was his. Yes. And I thought, what? That's a, you can totally get away with that because you you wouldn't. No one would know who you are inside of that. Yeah. So in, in a lot of ways, a lot of people do that. You know, they dress up in costume. And sometimes, you know, I mean, Superman gets away with it. 
somehow, you know, with just a pair of glasses. So it's it's almost ironic that, that people are dressing up as superheroes so that they can be anonymous, and the superheroes themselves dress up to be anonymous, and it's, it's almost... There, there's something there. There's some sort of kind of beautiful irony that you have to be anonymous to pretend to be a character that himself has to dress up to be anonymous. It's uh, yeah, that's, it's, like, it's that's intriguing. Like, uh, yeah, it's a weird paradox thing. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about the costumes themselves. Where, where do cosplayers get? I mean, I, I've I, to people. I know there's people who are listening to this who who don't know much about cosplay, and it's hard to overemphasize how incredibly detailed and and you know just over the top some of these costumes are where, where do they get them well um first of all uh a lot of them you can make yourself uh there are a lot of videos on youtube there's a lot of uh other people especially cosplayers you know they're really really helpful so if you get to know them you become friends uh, they're really willing to assist you and help you out um, there are also a lot of people who uh, are uh, crafters, who are fabricators, who make costumes. And uh, they're usually willing to, for a fee, of course, uh, build you a costume um, that you'd like. You know, So when we started out here in cosplay, it was very difficult because you had to do everything yourself. But now there are actually a lot of skilled crafters who make costumes. So it's not as hard as it used to be. Um, you can even, you know, have a lot of the stuff pre-made and purchased at stores, or you can get it online. So starting out isn't really that hard, but once you get into it, then you start sweating the details. Mm. Then you start going, you know, that 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 costume I got from China isn't quite as, you know, accurate as I'd like. So I, I want to make it more detailed, because especially if you love the character so much, you don't want to settle for, you know, second best costume. So you want to build it up. And really make it as good as you can. So getting started is, you know, and a lot of people, you know, when they start, they, they think that they have to build like a transformer right away. It, it's it's a process. You start with something simple, something easy, something comfortable, so you enjoy the convention. You know, remember, it's all about enjoyment. You mm. not people aren't paying you to come in costume. You know, there are contests, but um, there's no guarantee that you, you're going to win either. So start where you're comfortable. Then if you feel like you need to challenge yourself, then start improving, getting better, and uh, make something that will amaze other people. But do it for yourself rather than for other people because the most important thing is that you're doing it, you know, doing cosplay for yourself and not for anybody else. So going a little bit back to the, the question about uh, self-consciousness, one of, one of the things that I'm always a little surprised by, uh, you know, and I just got back from PAX, which is a very uh, cosplay-heavy environment. And, you know, let's face it, if you, if you go watch, uh, you know, movies or video games, the, the characters in these games are, uh, you know, they're all stacked. They're all, you know, muscly men and, you know, perfectly shaped women and whatnot. And let's face it, the rest of the world doesn't look like that. We don't look like characters from video games or, or movies. We, we look like real humans. And so a lot of cosplayers are, 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 I guess, really loving a character from a movie or really loving a character from a, from a video game, and they want to dress up as that character, but they just have a radically different body shape. How do, how do people get past this? I mean, how do people deal with, I really want to dress up as you know, Wonder Woman, but you know, I, don't, I don't look anything like Wonder Woman? Well, you have to remember that uh, cosplay in a way is a bit derivative, which means you can interpret it 
in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the important thing is that you're able to project the character or project the values that the character has. You don't have to physically look 100% like the character. Mm. Um, of course, it helps if you do look like the character. But uh, in a way, it's it's uh, being able to interpret it in your way, your mm. own way. Um, so, well, for for instance, comic books, especially when you're talking about DC, uh, they have you know 100 different Earths with 100 different versions of the same character. Mm. So you can, in a way, you can be uh, a little bit creative and create your own character in a way. I've even seen like uh, you know mashup characters, which are two characters that they combine. Mm-hmm. I, I've even seen, seen a cosplay of every single Jack, uh, every single uh, Johnny Depp character put together in one, in one costume. <laughs> that, that's so, a lot of characters. <laughs> yes, I, I've seen um, uh, Disney princess slash Star Wars characters. You know, mm-hmm. so so you're actually free to express yourself in a way since you're not really bound, you know, by uh, by certain rules or structures about the character. So you do have some latitude in that way. So that maybe you're not, you know, you're not exactly uh, a replica of the character that you're trying to do, but at the same time you interpret it and you give it your own spin, you give it your own twist. But once again, the most important thing is that you're enjoying yourself and that, you know, you bring joy to other people. So going going back to the costumes. So obviously, you know, a lot of people are making their own costumes, that sort of thing, but. At the very high end, I mean, is this something that somebody can can make a living out of building cosplay costumes? I mean, is that is that is that an aspirational goal that's even realistic to say that I want to get I want to be the best costume maker in the world and I'm going to make a living at this? Is that a thing someone can do? I think you can make a living out of it um, for cosplayers. Like uh, there there are cosplayers who are looking for other people. They might not have this technical skill, but they have the passion. Mm. Um, they might be looking for a for a fabricator or uh, to have costumes commissioned. Um, you can have uh, you can have an online shop or something where uh, you would have your services rendered. You know, you just you, you say like. Uh, I mean, are there oh, people I, who do that now? Yeah, there are actually quite a quite a lot of people who do that now. Really? Um, yeah, and a lot of them are actually quite talented, and they, they do things all all the way from you know forming to. Uh, to fiberglass, to to almost anything you can think of. Wow. So so there's there's actually a huge huge community of people who are constantly even um, used costumes. You know they, they get uh, reused. People uh, resell them. Mm. Uh, they modify them. You know you can. There's quite a big community of people, especially in the cosplay world. Uh, th- there's a big demand for costumes. So there's that. Plus. Um, there are also, you know, uh, I, I've transitioned a little bit uh, from fabricating for cosplayers to more of corporate clients and like theme parks. Uh, so they hire me to sometimes design their mascots and then uh, fabricate them and then deliver it to them. So there's that way of getting it. Plus, uh, actually, uh, I know some people who've transitioned to Hollywood. You know, they, they start mm. doing uh, makeup. You know, they, they do the... They do things for uh, feature films, uh, some of them for local films, you know, and television series. So it, it's something that you can uh, use the skills to uh, create a career from. Not necessarily for cosplay alone, but there are different, you know, there's a lot of entertainment industries where those skills are very useful. 
So I I want to change gears a little bit. So I you know obviously uh, I'm talking to somebody in the Philippines, and I actually when I when I wanted to have an episode about cosplay, and I I made a point of I want to have an episode about cosplay in the Philippines because I've noticed that cosplay is particularly huge in the Philippines, and I wanted to ask you. Why? What? What? What is it about the Philippines and cosplay? Why do these two go together so well? I think it's because um, the Philippines is is very very open to foreign cultures. It's it, it's like the bridgeway of East meets West. You know, we're very big into uh, you know Western culture. Uh, we're very big into superheroes and um, Star Wars and Star Trek and um, at the same time. We're also very big into anime. We're very big into manga, you know, video games, anything, because uh, we're we're like a the culture that's that's a really a melting pot of different cultures. So you know, we've been uh, uh, we've had Japanese influences, we'd had Spanish influences, we'd had American influences, and all these things uh, bring about like a culture that really appreciates all the different aspects of different cultures. So taking that into account, I think a lot of the different fandoms from around the world uh, were very welcome to them as well because we tend to understand them. Uh, one of the things, one of the big things is that uh, English is very, very, uh, you know, we're, we're very literate when we're talking about English. Uh, so a lot of the shows that come here, uh, we're able to really appreciate them. So that, that's, uh, that's, I think that's part of it. And I think cosplay is when you're talking about cosplay and you have all these characters to choose from, it it's something that really makes you excited and makes you feel like you have a lot of possibilities to explore. So, tell me about Japan. I mean, I I agree with everything you just said, and it's it's very it very much reflects my experience with uh, you know running a studio with so many people from the Philippines and the the amazing connections that Filipinos have with Western culture and Eastern culture. But there's a thing in the Philippines with Japan, and I have yet to really understand. Filipinos just seem to really love Japanese stuff. What what's the story there? I think it's it's because uh, especially during the 70s and 80s, um, we had we didn't have a lot of local shows. A lot of the shows we had growing up were mostly from, uh, you know, Japanese anime, um, you know, uh, cartoons and stuff like that. But mostly a lot of it was really from uh, Japanese influences. And uh, this is what we had growing up. Like I remember watching the giant robot uh, shows and uh, all the, the dramas from Japan. And uh, a lot of it, is also very, you know, very educational. So it trickled down to a lot of uh, a lot of Filipinos. And there's a lot really to admire about the you know, Japanese culture: the sense of honor, the sense of family. Um, these are things that really uh, resonate with Filipinos because for us, you know, family is everything. You mm. know, uh, having personal honor. You know, uh, uh, doing what's despite these are all aspirational things that. Uh, Filipinos feel, you know, feel empowered by, uh, especially in our, you know, in, in our economy, which is not one of the richest economies in the world. Um, we feel that, you know, it's it's a way to really look up to a certain uh, certain virtues, mm. and those are the things that we really grew up with. So uh, 
once we become adults, we look back and it's it's like a nostalgic thing. You know, we, we grew up with these characters um, and uh, we feel comfortable with these characters. And so they become iconic to us, you know, mm. um, especially me with uh, with uh, characters like Astro Boy, you know, the old, the <laughs> old, you know, Voltus 5 is really big here. So those things, uh, those things really grow up with you. You know, Doraemon, uh, all the other uh, anime that you grew up with, those are the things that really grow with you. And once you have that, um, it creates like a love for things that are in Japanese culture. Because uh, especially for, personally, I, I like the idea of the Bushido code and uh, the kind of, you know, the kind of uh, warrior code yeah, it's something that's somehow very, very primal, very rooted in uh, our, our sense of uh, self-worth and our sense of being able to really become the hero of our own story. So, in in the Philippines, and and that's an amazing answer, by the way. I I had not I had not really put two and two together with the the idea of there being a, a value system match between the Philippines and and at least what Japan espouses to have as values. I, I won't mm -hmm. get into a discussion of what modern Japan is like. <laughs> Maybe not quite so much bushido up here as you might hope, but uh, uh, certainly it shows up in their anime. Um, I uh, it down in the Philippines. What is what is the what is the meeting ground for people in the Philippines? Where do people in the Philippines get to have a, a, a place for this expression? Where do people in the Philippines do cosplay? What 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 does the environment for cosplay look like? Where do you gather? Where do you where do you make friends? What how does that all work? Okay, usually we have uh, conventions throughout the year. Um, usually at this point, I think it's once every month or once every other month. Sometimes even more during peak season. Wow. But uh, these conventions are held in convention centers. The popular ones are like uh, the SMX Convention Center, where Cosplay Carnival is going to be held uh, this weekend, actually, March 25, 26, this weekend, SMX Convention Center in Manila in Mall of Asia, uh, Mall of Asia Complex. Um, but there are other convention halls also. There's, uh, um, there's the Mega Trade Hall uh, at SM Mega Mall. Um, and... Even uh, the malls have their own mini conventions and mini events. So. so how how do you as a cosplayer know where all of these things happen? I mean, is there is there sort of like an underground? Do you all, do you, I mean, where do you get your cosplay information on Reddit or I mean, where where are you where are you learning about all this stuff? I uh, usually um, Facebook is really big here in the Philippines. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so usually through Facebook, uh, it, it's usually and and now the big conventions are annual. So mm -hmm. you'll get to uh, you get to really expect that you know on this date usually around March there's going to be cosplay carnival um, in July there's going to be the anime and cosplay expo in October it's going to be cosplay mania in December it's going to be cosplay matsuri so it, it's it's a way of really you know you have this cycle of of annual conventions that you can choose from and, and what's really exciting here in the Philippines is we even have a what we call a like cosplay tour, where we travel around the country. It's called Cosplay Craze, and we go to different malls. This is with partnership with uh, SM Supermalls. That's the biggest uh, mall chain in the Philippines. And we go to the different areas, and we have um, mini cosplay events there. A and it's really fun because when you go to a new area, you get to meet new people. You get to see uh, how different their perceptions are about cosplay. 
and uh, you get to see some amazing costumes actually, uh, which really surprises you because a lot of a lot of the times you go there and you see them using like local materials, like uh, um, you know, like uh, we have uh, abaca and uh, native materials to make their costumes. It's really appealing because you you wouldn't have thought that you would use that kind of material to make that kind of costume, but you'd be surprised because uh, one thing that I, I really admire about, you know, Filipinos in general uh, is that they're very ingenious. <laughs> they're, 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 they, they find a way. Uh, in Filipino, it's called nagagawan ng paraan, which means we will find a way to, uh, to meet the goal somehow. You know, we will find, uh, we will find, some kind of uh, alternative or some kind of uh, st- some kind of creative way or out of the box thinking to achieve the goal that we're trying to find and I-, I was surprised by how ingenious you know some of these cosplayers can be from all around the country you know they don't have the same materials or resources that we have but they can create some really amazing stuff so in the Philippines, there's this number of, I guess we would say, cosplay stars, people who have sort of transcended, you know, the, the, the sort of basic cosplay circuit and have gone on to the modeling careers. Can you, I, I think the rest of the world is not aware of this. Can you kind of walk me through a couple case studies or examples and, 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 you know, what happens to these, these really sort of, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I want to say successful, but, uh, but, uh, wildly popular cosplay uh folks okay um i think um there are some instances uh where certain people you know from the cosplay world they become really really popular um i don't know if they're cosplay stars they they could be like uh on their way to uh, actually some of them are actually actual celebrities already at this point so um for instance i could give you a few names uh the really big names here in the philippines are alodia gosing uh, Myrtle Gale Sarosa uh, and Louis Aquino, uh, those are some of the biggest names. Uh, they have transcended really the, the cosplay scene and they get invited uh, worldwide to attend conventions, events. Uh, but let's, also- let's, let's take one of those examples. Let's take uh, Elodia, for instance, right? Um, does the is her beginning the same as everyone else is talking about? I mean, does she just started going to these sort of cosplay events and these monthly events? And I mean, over time, they just so, how how did Elodia become Elodia? What what how did this how did this thing happen? Okay, um, uh, I was actually there when it all started. Um, she started very young. She started, I think, she was 16 years old, going to convention dressed as a Final Fantasy character. Good choice. Yeah. Um, I think uh, she and her sister went, uh, Ashley, who's also very popular here in the Philippines and, and actually in Japan also. Uh, they started just cosplaying and uh, they started joining contests and they started being uh, very popular. Uh, in a lot of a lot of cases, they uh, were victorious in some of the in a lot of the contests actually, and. Uh, Slowly, they became more popular. They built up a fan base. I think the thing with uh, especially the successful cosplayers is they actually do a lot of work uh, promoting themselves online. Um, at the time, I think it was DeviantArt. Uh, now it's more Facebook. Um, but through those uh, channels, those avenues, Twitter, you know, uh, all the different social media, they tried to build up, you know, their repertoire. 
um, they're very uh, they're very uh, they're very visible in events and uh, they really try to uh, promote themselves and give themselves a good image online um, and I think from there uh, the companies start to recognize them and uh, they see that oh they have uh, you know millions of followers online and then they start um, getting endorsement deals they start uh, being invited to conventions. So, uh, so for these people, it's not just about dressing up in the costume and going to the conventions. There's actually a whole sort of underground work of, you know, putting together all the pictures and putting together an online presence and putting together mailing lists. And so there's there's an actual sort of fan base maintenance process that has to happen as well. Yes, I think for a lot of the big cosplayers or the big name cosplayers, uh, another one I forgot to mention is. Uh, Jin Hassan, who's also very big here in the Philippines, and uh, worldwide actually, she gets invited all the time to uh, uh, Malaysia. She got recently invited to Switzerland, I think. So um, all these people actually, they have to create like an online presence, and uh, it's actually a lot of work because they have to uh, make sure that you know every once in a while uh, they have a, uh, some kind of new amazing costume to. Uh, to come up with uh, a new photo shoot to do, um, you know, and they, they have to uh, kind of maintain an online persona. And um, and actually, it's a lot of work, uh, a lot of public relations. Uh, but I think in the end, it create it gives them, you know, a good source of income and it create, gives them a, a big boost in popularity. So I think that's how they become more of the celebrity icons. Um, like for instance, Myrtle uh, already has a contract with ABS-CBN, which is a big, uh, is one of the big three channels, you know, television channels here in the Philippines. So she's frequently on television. She has her own, uh, she has her own uh, album, uh, which she promotes. So it's really that kind of bridge that. Um, they started with cosplay and then started. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're allowed to be a star of any variety in the Philippines if you can't sing. I think they have a law. <laughs> I think you have to sing, but you don't have to sing well. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's also true. Yeah, but I mean Manny Pacquiao sings uh, very badly, <laughs> but he seems to do very well. Um, so there, there are a lot of celebrities who who sing. In their own way. You, you know? say that. I, I always tell people, if you want to be humbled, go to the Philippines and let them take you out for karaoke. Like, that is, if you if you just want to feel bad oh, about God. yourself, every, I, I tell you, the worst Filipino karaoke singer in the country sings better than 90% of the rest of the world. I don't know what it is it about the Philippines and singing, but there's there's something there. You, you know, I, I, I have to agree with you. You know, the singing talent here is insane. They're really... They're really, really crazy. Um, even going past the karaoke bar and then listening to the people singing there it like make, makes you really self-conscious. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, we we you know karaoke is so big here. We even have uh, in our events we have something called cosplay karaoke where people dress up and then they sing karaoke and but and surprisingly they're very very good. No, so, in the Philippines it's not surprising at all that they're very good. I would be surprised if they weren't. <laughs> But but actually, some celebrities do have uh, what do you call it? Uh, they they have to sing. I, I don't know what it is, but they have to sing. Yeah. They don't necessarily have to sing well, 
and sometimes we get um, you know uh, some celebrities get uh, somewhat flack for not being able to sing well but that's because you know the competition you know even yeah. the, you know even the sidewalk vendors are like really really good singers so it's hard to really have a good comparison so you know i i i was going to ask some questions about being a successful or an unsuccessful uh cosplayer and and you were mentioning that you don't really think there is such a thing as an unsuccessful cosplayer so i i guess i'll i'll rephrase the question a little bit okay um are most people looking to become an Elodia with their cosplaying? Is that is that the dream for most cosplayers? Some cosplayers, any? I mean, or, or what 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 is the dream for most people who are who are not not just like you know, hey, I dressed up as a as somebody and went to a convention and it was fun, but people who spend a lot of time on this. What what is their long term dream? I think uh, most people, well, they do it for really different reasons. Um, I'm really amazed that some people can can do it, you know, just just for themselves. Um, but a lot of them, you know, the I think the reward that they get from it is really the feedback from people who really appreciate their work. You know, just like you know any artist, once you put your artwork out there, and people really show their appreciation and see how much they love your work. That's like the most rewarding thing more than, you know, any amount of money. Uh, of course, money helps. <laughs> but uh, I think the point there is that, you know, I think the long-term goal is really to be as good as you can be and to challenge yourself every time to become better. And uh, in, in a way, you know, for, I mean, and I've been in the competitive field of cosplay for a while and a lot of it is really getting to know, you know, all the other really good cosplayers and being able to compare notes and see and really see like, oh, they did this better. How do I improve on that? You know, that this is a really good idea. This is a really creative way of achieving this, you know, fog effect or smoke effect or special lighting. How can I make it, you know, make it my own? So in a way, it's a way of ch the, the thing is uh, how to challenge yourself to become better and, and the way of improving yourself and making yourself the best that you can be in the craft. Now, this is not for everybody. Uh, a lot of cosplayers feel this way. Other people feel that, you know, it's a, it's really a stepping stone to achieve fandom, you know, I'm uh, sorry, um, achieve celebrity status. So th that's another thing, you know, those are. So I think the easiest way to say it is that cosplayers cosplay for different reasons. Um, there's really no right or wrong reason to be into it unless you stop enjoying yourself. Once you know you stop enjoying yourself and it no longer becomes fun, becomes just work, uh, I think the best way is just find something else. Find something that you enjoy. Find something, you know, life is too short. Don't spend it doing something that you feel will just, you know, uh, make you feel um, like a chore in the end. You know, make sure that you're always creative, you always challenge yourself, and become the best you that you can be. So uh, for uh, for somebody who's listening to this, and yeah. they're... There's two. There's two people who are listening to this. That or there's three kinds of people who are listening. To this. People who didn't know anything about cosplay, who maybe now they're interested in knowing some more, or people who 
know a lot about cosplay, but they don't really know anything about it in their local scene. Or people who are really in the cosplay, and they're like, yeah, finally, someone's talking about cosplay. Those are kind of the three versions of people that are probably listening to this. So for that, that first version of people, the people who didn't know anything about cosplay, and they just want to... They just want to go, like, they heard all of this, and they're like, I want to go witness this in real life. Where where could I go if I were, uh, we'll start with, with the Philippines, because you would know that better. So if, if, if I'm in the Philippines, and I just really wanted to, like, wow, I heard this podcast, and I want to go here, see what this is all about, where, where would you get started? Well, first of all, the easiest way is really to find a convention near you. You know, there's there's... Especially in the Philippines, there are tons of conventions here. And you, you can show up at these without being in cosplay. You don't have to dress up. You, to you don't have to. I mean, um, uh, actually, I think about 30% to 40% are in costume. And then okay, the rest. Okay, so the majority are, of the people who are there aren't actually in costume. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a lot of them are just, you know, big fans who, who want to. Uh, because, you know, uh, especially in conventions, there's a lot of merchandise booths. There's a lot mm. of activities. There's a lot of fun stuff to to be part of. You don't necessarily have to be in costume to enjoy them. And these, and, are, these are usually pretty reasonably priced. It's not incredibly expensive to go to one of these events, is it? Um, not really. Actually, they're, they're actually quite affordable here in the Philippines. Uh, the one for this weekend is about uh, 200 pesos, which is... Uh, approximately in u.s dollars about four dollars yeah, that's pretty affordable <laughs> yeah yeah so they're, they're actually especially in the philippines they're very very affordable um and you get to see a lot of stuff i mean that's like the price of uh, a movie ticket you know it's actually it's cheaper than a movie ticket and you can spend the whole day there enjoying the whole thing uh and everything's there so, and you get to take as many pictures as you want you know with all the characters that you want so it's actually one of those things where it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of uh, we have a lot of activities. We have uh, anything from auctions to to uh, singing contests to cosplay competitions on stage. Um, there's a, you know we have special guests like we have actually in cosplay carnival Alodia is coming as one of the guests. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, and we have uh, from China we have uh, a person um, called Hauge. Uh, and he is he is a world renowned uh, cross player, which is a uh, a cross um, dressing cosplayer. So a cosplayer who cosplays the opposite gender. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It, it's um uh it's something where you get to really experience different things and you get to uh, have fun being yourself. Because uh, I think there's a parallel between gaming. And uh, cosplaying, where especially at the beginning, a lot of people don't really understand it. Uh, once they get to gamers, they don't understand why are you spending so much time in front of a computer? Why are you why are you wasting your time doing this? And, and we get a lot of that too. You know, costumes. When you're making costumes, why, why are you wasting your time making a costume? You could be spending your time in more uh, productive ways. And I think a lot of it is. You know, it's being able to do something that you really enjoy. I think bottom line, that's the most important thing. And these events really uh, support that. You know, just like gaming events are really things where it's a big outlet for gamers to really enjoy the games that they enjoy. And uh, in the same way, I think cosplay events are a huge outlet for people who really want to express themselves and have fun, you know, with 
people who are like-minded or people who really enjoy the same things that you enjoy. And uh, these are, you know, this is why these conventions are so successful. And that's why thousands of them go every year. I think it's interesting. I, I keep hearing you use the words express yourself. That, yes. That's come out a lot. And it seems to be the real heart of what's interesting in, in cosplay is people having this amazing sort of, uh, outlet for them to express something that they can't express in their normal daily lives. And maybe that's the heart of, maybe that's what I'm trying to understand. Maybe that's the heart of this. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot to it. You know, there's a lot to that. You know, being able, because sometimes you have to create the facade, you know, like when you're a teacher, you have to be serious. You have to be, you know, when you're a politician, there's like a certain aura that you have to project. Um, and I think, you know, inside there's that inner geek, you know, there's that inner fan who wants to really break out. You know, it's 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 kind of your id, your inner child who wants to come out and play. And I think in these kinds of conventions, that's your opportunity. You know, you'll be able to dress up, you know, like as if you were a kid, you know, dress up. Uh, it's Halloween every, you know, every day of the year, um, being able to come out and really enjoy yourselves and be the self that you don't have to worry about being judged. You don't have to be worry about uh, worried about other people thinking that you're immature or you're crazy or you're you're somehow um, unhinged. Um, being able to enjoy it with other people who understand you, I think that's the big attraction of cosplay and being able to have that that support structure of other people who understand what it's all about how much fun it can be, and I think those are the things that really attract people to cosplay. All right, so I think that's probably the the best final word we're going to get on cosplay, and we're just about out of time. I want to thank you so much. This has actually been an extremely illuminating conversation for me. Um, this has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for uh, the interview. I had uh, a lot of fun, and actually you, you brought up some great questions that really made me think, and I really enjoyed it. So that's the show. I hope that was interesting for you. I know it was a little bit different, but it was something I've always had an interest in and something I kind of just, to be honest, I did that interview because it was an excuse for me to have somebody explain all this to me, and I'd always wanted that thing to happen. So I was pretty excited about that. I hope you found it fun, too. We've got more monologues and interviews and other stuff coming up on the podcast. I'm interested in hearing what it is you want to know and who you want to talk to. If you've got something you want to share, bring it to the Discord. The information is in the info box wherever you found this podcast. Come chat with us. Let us know you what you like, what you want to hear, what you want to hear less of, and all that other good stuff. If you're enjoying this, as always, let people know. Put us on your Facebook. Put us on your Twitter. And please, please, please go give us some ratings. You know those stars at iTunes gets us more users. So that's all good stuff, and we'll see you next time.